Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at You don't have to stop. Oh, no, I just, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> so like, uh, was, was he honest about that statement? You don't want to just stop, you know. You know, I think, I think church should be joyful. I think it should be full of energy and life. Right? I mean, there's going to be time for other stuff, but anytime the church gathers, we're focusing on Jesus. Come on, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. He said he's coming to give us life and life more abundantly. Can I hear an amen? So can we give Jesus, come on, a five-second crazy praise break right now? Can we do that? Come on. So good. So good. Um. I hate to tell you this, but the first service was a smarter service. I know what you're asking, why? Because they had, uh, they knew I had to end for this service. The next service is until seven. <laughs> so if I would jump on your DoorDash, Uber Eats, whatever, Postmates. And I don't care if they start delivering food as I preach for three hours. And somebody just order me. Uh, I was going to say double-double. Do you have In-N-Out Burger here yet? I'm going to prophesy it's coming soon. <laughs> right across the street, I prophesy it in Jesus' name. <laughs> There's nothing like a double-double because Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday. Hey. God bless them. But in and out is open. All right. What does that have to do with your message? Nothing. Absolutely nothing today. Before I preach to you, I just want to... Uh, my wife is here. I, I know you, some of you didn't know I'm married, but I am married. Can you stand up? Wendy. This is my wife, Wendy. I know what you're thinking. How did you get her? You didn't know that she was blind before. And when she said, I do, she said, what did I do, you know? But I got a good personality, so it's, it's, been, it's been good ever since then. We got three kids, a 21-year-old, a 15-year-old daughter, and a well, soon-to-be, no, 21-year-old son, 18-year-old daughter, and a, a soon-to-be 15-year-old son. And uh, so they're, they're good kids. And as a result, because of her, she's a great mother. She's a great wife. So thank, thank God. I love to travel with my wife. Um, and so it's been, it's been cool. But I want to give honor to whom honor is due is because, uh, man, this great church was founded 39 years ago by Pastor Ken and Pastor Connie Wild. One more time. So awesome. So awesome. I wish I would have bought land 39 years ago. I know, I know, I know. 
one of the few things I was disobedient with. I didn't buy land 39 years ago, but uh, but anyway, and then you know what? It goes from generation to generation, and the Bible says that we give honor to honors due. <clears throat> culture right now is very dishonoring. So I, I'm pushing back a lot on culture right now because we have a very multi-ethnic, multi-generational uh, church, multi-economic, fancy term for we got rich and poor, okay? And, uh, and, and culture, you know, doesn't honor very well. And uh, But in the kingdom, the kingdom culture is we, we honor up, we honor down, we honor all around, okay? It's easier to honor up, right? My boss, my employer, my pastor, whatever. But, you know, you, you, you got to learn to honor down, right? And so we honor down those that we lead, those that are leading us, and those that we're leading together. Does that make sense? And it's very be oh, a beautiful thing is, is when we honor. And so we honor uh, in the kingdom of God. We're honorable people. Let me say it to you this way, too. You, you don't honor all the time because the person you're honoring is honorable, although they are. Uh, but, but the reason why you honor is because you're honorable. I'm an honorable man, so I will honor those. I honor those that are in authority, whether or not I agree with their policy. I pray for those that are in authority, right? This is what the Bible says, okay? And so I want to just honor the next generation. Come on, Pastor Kelly and Pastor Chris Wow, Come on, can we give them? We just appreciate it. Great, anointing, brilliant. He said, he said I was his mentor. I don't know if that's totally true because I steal everything that he says. Praise the Lord. You know, your eyes are made to plagiarize. Come on, somebody. If you're going to copy it, copy it right. That's all I got to say. Luke chapter 6. Let's go to the Word of God. Luke chapter 6. I was going to preach a different message, but I'll stick with this one. And this is a good one on Pentecost Sunday. Just means you have to bring me back again. How many would love for me to come back again? Can I just see your hand? Half the crowd. All right. So great. Okay. Those are the people I paid, by the way. Look <laughs> at he laughed when I said paid. I love that. Luke chapter 6, beginning at verse 6. We're going to read to verse 11. And um, we're going to read the, the word. It says this. It says, on a Sabbath, while uh, there was going... While he was going through the grain fields, his disciples plucked and ate some heads of grain. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's my bad. I'm so bad. I do this to my kids. My, my kids all the time. My back of house. It's actually verse, verse um, God help me. I'm a little tired. It's, it's Luke chapter 6. And we're going to begin. I'm sorry, guys. My bad. At verse 6. Ver, Luke chapter 6, verse 6. There we go. Thank you so much. On another day, somebody say, on another day, another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man there whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious people, watched him, Jesus, to see whether he would heal on the Sabbath so they might find a reason to accuse him. But he knew their thoughts. Jesus knew their their heart, and he said to the man with the withered hand, come and stand here. Another translation says, I want you to stand up and come over near me. And he arose and stood there. 
Next verse, please. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? And after looking around at them all, he said to him, stretch out. Somebody say, stretch out. Come on, say like you have to manage. Say, stretch out. Say like you want me to end on time. Stretch out. I don't know how to take that one right there. That was, that was a little bit too loud, you know. It's like, like end right now, preacher, right? <laughs> Stretch out. You know, in my church, they know this is all semantics because I actually go longer every time, right? Stretch out your hand, and he did so, and his hand was restored or healed. In verse 11, but they, the religious people, were filled with fury and disgust with one another what they might do to Jesus. What, what they might do to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray, God, you speak to all of us. Now, I'm not preaching to them. God, you're speaking to us. God, touch their heart. En tu corazón. Más poder y más amor en el nombre de Jesús. God, let's pour out your love, pour out more power, God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Satanás fuera en the nombre de Jesús. I say, Satan, you leave and you're, you've, been, you've been defeated over 2,000 years ago. And this is a house of healing and a house of praise. Yeah, I feel something already. God, help me. Oh, he's not going to wait till 7 o'clock. Let's go right now, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say, in Jesus' name. Who's a person with carpal tunnel syndrome? You have carpal tunnel. You have carpal tunnel. Can you just wave your hand at me? You're dealing with carpal tunnel syndrome in your wrists. And I'm, I might have it. Can you just wave your hand at me? I just want to pray for you. Can you wave your hand really high in the air like you really do care? Can you just stand to your feet? You don't have to come forward. Just stand to your feet. I want to pray for you if you have carpal tunnel. Can you stand? Thank you. Anybody else? Over here. Thank you. Just, just stand. You don't have to come forward. Just stand. Just stand. I know some of you are feeling more comfortable when more people stand. Okay, I'll stand. We get it. It's all good. Can you stand up? I just want you to look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Sir in the back. Right here. Just wave at me, sir, right there. With the gun show. Yeah, that right there. Yeah. First of all, I wouldn't want to mess with you. Because I wouldn't want to hurt you. But I'm just saying right now. Just just want, want to hurt you. It's not the size of the man in the fight. It's the size of the, you know, the story. You know the story right? I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just scared because you're big. No. <laughs> hey, sir, can you lift your hands towards heaven? Lift both hands towards heaven, sir, because the Lord has a good word for you. He saw you driving to church today. He was so happy you're coming to church today. And he heard your prayer today when you were saying, God, you need to speak to me today. He says, I'm going to stop the whole service. And all the other people that are standing... God, heal their, tarp, their copper tunnel. Every man, every woman that's standing. Come on, if you have that, you're standing, just lift your hands towards heaven like the gentleman back there. We speak healing over you right now. Be healed in your wrists and no surgery needed. Let the pain begin to leave. And thank you, Lord God, for that gentleman, especially, Lord God, the calling of God on his life. And, and the power of God touching all of you. And just touch him, God, just like a wave of your love. And your power and your glory would touch him in about three seconds. One, two, three, bam, just touching him, filling him like never 
never, never before and heal injuries in his body. Heal, heal those injuries, God. Make him 100% whole. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you sit down? One, one, more, one more quick here. Somebody woke up last night at 1.19 a.m. You woke up. I was having trouble sleeping last night. I woke up. She goes, what do you want me to do? Rub your back? I said, no, just go to sleep. I just can't sleep. You know, I'm just in the hotel room and I wanted to go for a jog, but I didn't have no jogging shoes or something. I don't know. But I just couldn't sleep. Sometimes I, and, and I could tell you what time it was for me that I woke up. But if you hear it, you woke up at 1.19 a.m. I just got a great word for you. 1.19, you woke up. It was your, your, your phone or maybe your watch or I don't know. Can you just wave your hand? Can you just stand? Because there's a lot of people here. Can you just stand? Okay, the lady in the back. There might just, is it just one? That's okay, because it's just one. This is a good word for you. Is it just one? Anybody else? Let me just give this to you. Are you guys okay? Are you still good? Are you all right? What is this? What's he doing? Well, this is this is a little bit different, you know, if you're new to church or not this church, but being new to church today. And um, these are called words of knowledge. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then it's prophecy. It's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many are grateful that that Pentecost Sunday is not historical? Pentecost Sunday still keeps happening every weekend, right? It's a historical event that... Okay, Jeremiah 119. This is a... This is the word for you, and um, just want to encourage you with this. I, I just have a good word. I'm, there's some challenges that are going on, some situations uh, in the church where we would call them battles. You know, you know, um, you know. Maybe outside of church, <clears throat> you know, uh, we would call them situations, whatever it may be. But this is a word for you. They will fight against you, dear lady. Jeremiah 119, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. I'm telling you, whatever's going on, come on, it's not going to prevail. Come on, God is going to deliver you. God is for you. And I just want to declare that over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, somebody give God a big hand clap right now. Give a big hand clap right now over your life. So I want to talk to you, thank you so much, very, very briefly on, on a topic. We've been in the series in our church, in me and Wendy's church, that, um, that, that really felt like God was speaking to us about, about the heart of Jesus, the heart of Jesus. Uh, if you read your Bible, we know Jesus was and is a miracle worker, right? So we see him walking on water. We see him multiplying bread. We see him casting out demons, raising the dead. He, he was doing so many miracles. I love the miracles of Jesus. Of course, we know the teachings of Jesus, the Word of God. That's what we base our, our faith on. We don't base our faith on emotion. We don't base our faith on anything else that, that, that could come and go. We base it, come on, on the Word of God. Right, because the word of God is 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 Jesus. He became flesh and dwelt among us. So, so listen. You need you need to understand that the word of God, that Bible that you have, is an alive book. What does it mean? That's alive. Only alive things can talk back to you. So I could read Shakespeare, but it, it, it's not going to it's not going to speak to me. Which I never read because I, I don't read stuff like that. I can read comic books. Come on, somebody. Because really intellectual people read comic books. Amen. But, but when you read the Bible, the Bible has the ability. Come on. Has, have you ever read a scripture and that scripture, come on, talks back to you? 
Have you ever read the Bible and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, God is speaking to me around? That means that the Bible is alive, sir. It's, it's not just a book. It's an alive book. Still the number one selling book in all the world. Why? Because I have read the Bible over and over again. I've been preaching for 36 years. 30, I know I don't look that old. 36 years. That was the place where you say amen, but you missed it. 36 years. <laughs> 36. That was funny. I don't care what you say. 36 years, and have you ever read like a verse, and you read it probably a hundred times, but you read it, and all of a sudden, man, something new comes out of it? That, that, that's the Word of God. It's alive. It, it is real. And, and we love that. And, and, and we base everything on the, the teachings of Jesus, the Word of God. But friends, at our church, we said, okay, we, we, want, to, we want to begin to explore the heart of Jesus. What, what, what's the heartbeat of Jesus? What, what's his motivation to a woman caught in adultery? How does he treat somebody who has an issue of blood? How does he treat people that everybody else throws away? What is the heartbeat of Jesus? Because you have to understand uh, someone's heart in order for you to understand their actions. Because if you don't understand somebody's action at heart, you may not get their actions. In fact, you may look at somebody's actions as being cruel and mean and unjust. If you don't understand their heart, you now misconstrue their actions. Your perception of your actions, if it's not linked to an understanding of their heart, will now misconstrue their actions, which means that you will interpret the intent of their heart the wrong way. That's why it's important for us to understand, come on, the heart of our God. Pastor Kelly was saying that God is good and God is gracious. Come on, God is loving. God wants to bless us. God is for us, not again. And when you understand the heart of God, now when he has actions towards you and you say, well, I think God's punishing me. No, he doesn't punish his sons and daughters. He corrects his sons and daughters. Why? Because he wants us to grow up in maturity. That's a good father. I'm sorry, BJ, when he was young. Don't play in the street. And you know what? There's a reason why, but you don't understand everything. The velocity of a 2,500-pound car coming at 60 miles an hour. I could, sh- I could tell you all the scientific stuff, but that doesn't mean anything. Don't play in the street. Come on, other parents. Say amen to that. See, see, I'm under no obligation to try to explain everything to a, a young boy who has no ability to understand. See, if we do that as, as, as human fathers and human mothers, let's just say sometimes God does, it, God does know that you don't have the ability to understand what he's about to tell you. You're not mature enough yet. When you understand the heart of God, then all of a sudden if I understand God's heart, I understand his actions towards me. That's why when God says crazy stuff about putting him first and putting him first in the resource and the finance, and and if you understand his heart, it's like, oh, no, man. God just wants to take, 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 take. No, culture says God wants to take, 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 take. But the Bible says God wants to give, 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 give. So if you understand, watch the heart of God towards humanity is not one of taking. It is one of giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The only thing that God will take away from you and from me is the things that are going to harm us and hurt us. God, take it all away. Take, take off all the, take all that stuff. See, God, take away the greed. Take away, Lord God, the suffering. Take away all the stuff. And he says, I'll do that. So, so this is what I'm going to do. You're going to get married. 
When I got married, oh, dear God, my selfishness got challenged. Okay, now we get real quiet because I've been praying for marriage and I don't think I want to pray for marriage right now. I've been praying for marriage because I don't want to pray for marriage right now because <laughs> I can see whatever move I want. You sure can until you get married. You can go eat wherever you want to eat. Wendy, where you want to eat? I don't care. I start throwing options. Nope. Red Robin. Nope. My wife calls it Dirty Robin. (laughs) What do you mean? You don't care. Listen, that is code for, are you an idiot? We've been married all these years. You shouldn't have been asking me the question. And because you're asking me the question, I'm not going to answer the question. We want me to answer the question. And I'm saying, If you understand somebody's heart, we, we, we go to a, a good spirit-filled counselor, therapist, because me and Wendy, we never fight. We just have heated discussions. <laughs> Sometimes they're really heated. Like overheated. <laughs> like everybody else could hear. Heated. I know none of you have those kind of discussions because we're nice in the Treasure Valley. Yeah, right. And here's what he says. He says, he says, he goes to me. And you know how counselors get sometimes. They, they, they lower their voice. They lean in. It's like, bro, I know what you do. I'm a preacher. I do the same thing. Just get to the point, okay? Just stop. He says, do you know her heart? Of course I know her heart. Right? Obviously, you don't know her heart. Because if you knew her heart, you would not be interpreting your actions the way you're interpreting your actions. Okay, enough talking to me. Talk to her now. Talk to her about my heart. Talk to her. I start going, I start, you don't even know what I'm talking about. When we're out of here, we're going to somebody who understands my heart, not just your heart. You're laughing because we could relate to relationships with our parents, relationship with siblings. Come on, relationships with your friends. You know what a really good friend does? A really good friend, if they really have a good heart towards you and love you, a really good friend will tell you something that you don't want to hear. I don't know. I think there's a lot of messed up people here, so I, that's why I got to talk about this for just for a second. Nine o'clock, you, you, they were more healthy, but you, I could feel it. Oh my, it's like, it's getting stronger over here. It's getting strong, stronger. Oh, the closer I get, it's like, oh, it's, 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 it's really bad right now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm being silly. But, but here, here's, here's the issue. If we don't get somebody's heart, we'll question their motive. And when we question their motive, we usually start filling in the motive we think that they have, which isn't really the motive that they have. But because of my humanity and fallenness and pain and trauma, I start now painting a picture that is not real. And that's what we do. And if we're not careful, we do that towards God. That's why you've got to go back to the Bible to find out what God is really like. 
I call your attention to a text. It's, it's the book of Luke chapter 6, a very interesting text in the Bible. And for the sake of time, I better speed it up because that was the longest opening. If you're a preacher, that, that was a bad opening because it took over half my message time. Okay. In Luke chapter 6, we find the story and Jesus is there and there's a couple of the groups that are there. It says that they are the scribes and the Pharisees. They're the religious crowd. With any kind of gathering, there's going to be really about the same number of groups. There's going to be some religious people here. Any religious people here? Please don't raise your hand. You have the religious crowd, and then you have, you know, the crowd that's here because Jesus is preaching. Well, wait a second. I know we might have some religious people. There's a big crowd here, but but Jesus really isn't here preaching. No, no, no. I I would beg to differ with you, sir or ma'am, because Jesus is preaching through any man or woman that is up here that has been called and anointed that Jesus is actually preaching. Today, he's coming as a Mexican. Latino. Any Latinos in here? Hispanics? Don't be so quiet. Any Latinos or Hispanics? It's okay. We can shout. Hallelujah. Okay. Amen. I know. We passed our single the miles gone, but we can still shout. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> Stupid. Sometimes he's speaking through a man. Come on, through a woman. Come on. Women can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? It could be a Caucasian, African-American, Asian, whatever, right? And so Jesus is here. Religious uh, uh, people are here. The crowd is here. But then there's a very interesting person in the story, and it is a man who is unnamed. He doesn't have a name. He doesn't have a name. You have to understand, when the Bible doesn't name someone, it's important why they're not naming someone, because names are very important in the Scripture. When you have somebody's name, it means something, especially in biblical times. Today, maybe not so, but, but in biblical Biblical times, like my name is Benjamin, 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 son of my right hand. That's what my name means. Right hand means authority. So means means something. My last name, Perez, if you're Hispanic, Latino, if you're white, Perez. And I know, same one. I'll take a taco. You're white. I'll take a taco. Come on, somebody. Right? And, and, and so my last name is Perez. What does Perez mean? It means breakthrough. So, so biblically speaking, my, the anointing on my life is I've been given Benjamin Perez. Benjamin, sit on my right hand. Perez is breakthrough. I've been given authority for breakthrough wherever I go. You. And then my middle name is Kenneth. Which means... Which, which means handsome. I knew we had something in common, Pastor Ken. Handsome sees handsome all the time. But, but when a person is not named... In scripture, like the woman with the issue of blood. It's not named. The man, the young boy who was dead and he had an open casket. It's not named because the emphasis, the identity is no longer in their name. It's in their condition. <laughs> I'm preaching better than I did first service. I feel it already. Because... Because there is no name to the man. 
but his condition is very evident. He is a man with a, a withered hand, a deformed hand. And he's there in the synagogue. And there's Jesus, religious leaders, and the religious leaders are looking closely to see what Jesus will do on the day of rest called the Sabbath. Now, why is this significant? Watch. That is the right hand. Well, I already gave it away because Benjamin said on my right hand, the right hand signifies authority. Somebody say authority. Say power. Say strength. Say vitality. That's what the right hand means symbolically or metaphorically, if I could say it that way, because it sounds more scholarly, that you must understand that now this man, somewhere in his life, and we could actually put ourselves in here, that somewhere in our life, wherever that may be, is that once we had strength, we had power, we had authority, we had vitality, and now somewhere it has withered away, somewhere we have lost what we once had. Somewhere we were more positive. Somewhere we had some hope. Somewhere we're looking towards the future. Somewhere and something began to happen that now we are withered. In fact, we would see that, we would know that in biblical times, a deformed person would not be allowed in the synagogue. In fact, in biblical times, some rabbis, not all, but some rabbinic teaching was there's a reason why that man has a deformed hand. It's because of sin of his mom or his dad or he committed something. In other words, God has punished him. That's why there was another story about a blind man being healed. And they said, who, 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 who sinned Jesus? Was it his mom? Was it somebody that this resulted in him? And Jesus said, neither. It was not because of sin. This is so I could show my glory. This is I could show the goodness of God. And so, so you understand what I'm saying here, that, that the religious leaders look at, the religious leaders are always looking for what's wrong. They always look at what's wrong. Religious people are always looking for what's wrong with something. What's wrong with something? What's wrong? They're not looking for what's right. It's always what's wrong at our church, Church LV. We're in Las Vegas, and, and I know the world calls it Sin City. We call it Gracefield City. And I know that, that, well, you know, that's a sinful place. So is Boise, man. You sinners, you got sin here too. I don't care if you call it the Treasure Valley. There's thieves here too. You know what I'm talking about. I, and I'm here to tell you, listen to me. Always like, what's wrong? What's wrong? But we don't have a cross at our church. We don't have a cross. And people have criticized me. Well, if it's a Christian church, where's the cross? And they're saying to me, it's on your neck. Jewelry. You know, you could wear a cross, hang a cross, but it may not even change your life. A cross isn't meant to somehow be symbolized. A cross is, that's where Jesus died and Jesus is buried and he's not on the cross anymore. Don't get at me, don't get mad at me, my fellow uh, former Catholics or Catholics, because I had my crucifix and Jesus was still hanging there, and, but he's not hanging there anymore. He's off that cross and he's exalted at the right hand of God the Father. Don't be mad. If you get mad at me, talk to Pastor Chris. I'm leaving tomorrow. 
He's deformed and, 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 and people is always looking for what's right. And there's always religious people in churches. Always, you know, at one time it's like, it's like, man, because we have our, 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 our church look crazier. It's crazy. And we got these massive LED screens and we got this light show. And somebody goes, it, it seems like a nightclub in here. My, my question is, well, how do you know what a nightclub is like? <laughs> Which one did you go to? Your eyes are bloodshot. Ooh, you went to, I know which one you went to. You just, you just rolled into church. See, I'm not religious. I have people and I can smell the alcohol in them as they're walking to church. I smell it on them. I say, man, I'm so glad you're here. I know they were at the clubs. I know they were at the strip clubs. I know she's working at the strip club. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Let's, let's go white collar then. I know you're, you're not treating your employees right. I know you may be doing some crazy stuff, cause I, but I'm glad you're here. Here's the setting. And the world and culture give so much strength to the struggle that it makes them almost impossible to get out of the struggle. You know, once an addict, always an addict. Alcoholism runs in your family. You know. But in the story, it's so powerful because it shows the heart of Jesus. I don't have very many points and I know it's getting late and it says it's 12, 16 and I'm hungry already so it's going to go quicker. <laughs> not for your sake but for my sake. <laughs> Listen, you don't get a body like this from not eating. Come on somebody, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I got my color intake. I'm on a bulk up phase right now. <laughs> you should see me when I start cutting. Wait. <laughs> I want to point out just a few things for you. <laughs> So stupid. Four things, write it down. Number one. Oh, the title of the, the message is Strength in the Stretch. Strength in the Stretch. Number, no, number one, know where your authority comes from. We already know that this man has lost some kind of authority, some kind of strength. Notice that the man was in church. Your authority, ma'am, Sir, does not come from you being in church, and I'm grateful you're in church. Your authority or ability does not come from you sitting in church. And I'm grateful for that, serving in church. I'm grateful for that. I, 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 by, by giving to church, I, I, I'm grateful for all that. We think our authority, our ability comes from a place or a position but it does not. I am grateful right now that I'm in a good place. Our church is in a good place. That, that God's doing some great things in our church. I'm grateful to be at church LV. I'm grateful to be in this church. But just because you're in church doesn't give you authority. Conversely, my friend, just because you have an issue, just because you have a weakness, just because you have something that's going on in your life doesn't mean that you don't have authority. 
Because what happens is the enemy comes to you and me and says, if you had authority, if you really had God on your side, if Jesus was here for you, you wouldn't be struggling with this. You wouldn't have this issue. You wouldn't be this way. But I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar because you never got your authority from yourself. You got your authority from Jesus and Jesus alone. When you became born again, a child of the Most High God, a son or daughter of God, if any man or woman be in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, old things have become new. It says now that I've given you power over all the power of the enemy to trample over scorpions and serpents, and nothing shall harm you. Just because you have an issue in your life doesn't mean that you don't have authority. This is where the enemy comes and lies to you and me. And he uses our weakness against us. And he says, no, you're weak, so you don't have authority. But you understand something. Your authority, if it didn't originate in you, it cannot be canceled by you. If it originated in Jesus, then Jesus still gives you the authority. Number two, write it down. Know who's calling you. Verse eight, Jesus looks at this man and he is now he is sitting there. And Jesus says, I want you now to stand up, arise, and I want you to come over here. It is important for you to understand who is calling you. Who is calling you is more important than what's holding you. You need to understand that when somebody calls you with authority and somebody calls you with power and somebody calls you with influence, I'm telling you that one phone call can change your life. Has anybody ever received a phone call from somebody like I did a while ago and I couldn't believe it was this influential, powerful person? Uh, Wendy grew up in church as a pastor's kid, so she has etiquette. I don't have etiquette. When he says don't drop names, people don't like name droppers. Don't name drop that you've been at the White House so many times, only twice. Don't name drop that, that, that you know some various in his people. I'm going to see his actor. Don't name drop. Suffice it to say, I got a phone call and this person says to me, is this Benny Perez? I said, yes, it is. And they say, it's so and so. And I said, no, it's not. <laughs> they go, no, it, it is. Because I have friends that impersonate famous people. I hung up the phone. <laughs> God knows the truth. I'm like, when he's so and so, she, why would he be calling you? Phone rings again. Who is it? It's so and so. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Because watch. What, what is happening with me is, I'm thinking, why would somebody like that be calling somebody like me? Are you picking this up? Because I know who you are, how powerful you are, how influential you are, and I know I got eight-inch guns, and they're not going to get any bigger. And I know, I don't know very many people, and I know who I am, and sometimes you're the worst critic, but my point is, is I looked at them as being way up there, and I was way down here, but why were they calling me? You want to know why this person was calling me? He said, I'm calling you because of what has happened, and I want to come, and if you want, I'll fly to your city, and I will help you. I will be there for you. I'm here to tell you, my heart began to leap. I'm telling you, you got to understand who's calling you. Can 
Can you imagine being the man with the shriveled hand and all of a sudden Jesus begins to call him? He probably is feeling what you have felt and I have felt. God, why are you calling me? I got this issue. I know what's going on. I know what's really happening with me. Why are you calling me? It's not because you're that great. It's because he's that great. He's that loving. He's that gracious. He is for you, not against you. Come on, give God a five-second praise break right now. Who, no, who is calling you? What does he say? He said, I want you to get up, man. Arise, and I want you to come next to me. I want you to draw close to me. I'm so grateful for the heart of Jesus is that he's longing to draw closer to you. He's longing for you to draw closer to him. There is no sin. There is no sickness. There is no issue that will keep our God from coming close to you. I'm going to preach this. You, you know the story. Some of you have Adam and Eve. And when they fell into sin, question. It's not, it's not a trick question. Did God know that they had sinned before he came back into the garden? Yes or no? Yes, thank you. And did God come to still come to the garden after they sinned? Yes or no? Okay, and when he starts walking in the garden, did God know where they were, even though they were hiding? Yes or no? Man, you read your Bible. <laughs> it's rhetorical. Hey, Adam, where are you? Are you over here? Behind this nice orange painted board? <laughs> oh, it's got tape back there. All right. Because right. sometimes things look better in front than behind. See, you, you put up a good front with God. And I put a good front up with God. But God knows. Ah! <laughs> I knew it. Even in the garden, even they used duct tape. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Do you know that in the, in the Hebrew, they use duct tape to put the leaves on themselves? That's where duct tape is. Someone say, oh, I knew it. Uh, somebody's going to go up and tell, tell their wife, I told you duct tape is good for everything. <laughs> look, 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 look. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. He still came into the garden. <laughs> he came. And we hid. <laughs> hey, I found God, bro. He didn't find God. God won't last, bro. God's not asking Siri, where do we go? <laughs> hey, maps. Hey, let's, let's switch over to, let's switch over to ways to find out where the accident is, how to bypass them. And look, look, I'm almost done. Because where do we get this thought? You know who gave us this thought? Religion gave us this thought. Religion gave us the thought is he only calls the perfect. He only calls those that have it together. He only calls those that have no issue. He only calls those that, and, and that is not, I know, I know I'm messing up the camera, but it's okay. Because I want to preach to you. Because you think as long as I'm back here, I, I'm coming back after you back here. Because I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that he calls this man. He calls this man. And he knows this this man has an issue. He's hiding it, but Jesus still calls him. He calls him and says, stand up. You want to know why? Self-pity and woe is me will never change your life. No, I'm there. I've been there. Listen to me. I've been there. Has anybody, has anybody ever, 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 ever binged on Netflix? 
You liars. How many have ever... No, I'm a Prime Video. Have you ever did Prime Video? Dude, I'm a Hulu guy. Okay, Peacock, whatever. My God, I can't keep up with them. Paramount Plus. It's like, Wendy, I thought we were supposed to save money from going from DirecTV. Now I've got 10 other things that I have. I remember I was getting really depressed. Anybody ever get depressed every once in a while? Everybody gets every down and every because Somebody are raising your hand. You must be Superman, bro. Man, I'm there and I'm... Man, binge on Netflix. And for me, it's Rocky Road ice cream. Not court. Not a court. You're a rookie if you get a court. <laughs> Half gallon. Oh, you're not even in... You're, you're triple A. I get two half gallons of Rocky Road ice cream. Thrifty brand, because at least it's cheap. <laughs> I got honest truth, she seen me do this. <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's so bad. Stranger things. <laughs> Breaking Bad, oh, that's bad. <laughs> you know, oh man, I was gonna, I was gonna say my my favorite one, but I don't want to say my favorite one because I don't, uh, people are not being as zombies. But anyway, <laughs> something about dead walking. But anyway, I just, I just like, and riding the horse in the chair. Okay, I just, and you know what? I feel good in the moment. That's this. That, this is culture feel good in the moment and miss out on your destiny. If you understand the heart of Jesus, he's not being cruel when he tells you to get up. He's not being cruel to tell you don't stay down because he knows that that's what the enemy wants. I'm telling you by faith when God calls to you, you could begin to say, you know what? I don't feel like it. He didn't ask you if it felt like it. Oh, things have changed. He didn't ask you if things changed. You just have to say, okay, Jesus, if you say it, you're going to give me the strength to do it. I'm going to stand up. Here I am, God. And I'm going to start getting close to you and you're getting close to me. Somebody go back to the keyboards because it makes people feel like I'm ending. <laughs> you know it's true and then every pastor lies. In closing, liar. And then I, have to, then I call you to come to the altar. You go to the altar, pastor, first. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. Stupid. You, you know, the more transparent I am, you know what generation loves me? No, Generation Z loves me. No, Generation Z loves me. I don't even know why. How old are you? 14? My God. I'm getting invited to youth conferences still. These 14, 15, 16, 17 year olds, they're like, they're like the altar and they're, we're worshiping and, and I'm worshiping and all of a sudden I feel a tap on my shoulder and I'm like, it's this little guy. He's like, 14. He goes, sir, that's code for old man. Because <laughs> if, if it's bro, oh, I got you, but sir. So tell me, sir, I embrace it. I embrace your age. Amen. He goes, uh, are you going to do that thing that you did last night? 
like, what happened last night? Uh, people looked like they were dying. They were on the ground, and were they cold? Because they had, like, blankets on them. He says this to me. He goes, something happened to me last night, and I'm not the same. And I brought my friend tonight. Let me retranslate this. Sir, I... I had something I was hiding because religion taught me to be ashamed of it. I didn't think God could handle it. I thought I'd be this way the rest of my life and I just decided to stretch. Jesus calls him and he does something cruel if you don't know Jesus' heart. He says, I want you to stretch it out. Okay, we, we don't understand it because we're not Jewish people in the synagogue in that day. And you're asking the man, if you don't know his heart, to be shamed, embarrassed threatened to be kicked out. You didn't even know that. And Jesus looked and he said this, is it more lawful to heal on the Sabbath or to destroy? God's so rigid in the religious system that it can't happen on a Sunday morning. God forbid the Holy Ghost moves on a Sunday morning. Don't let me go there. One translation says, Pastor Chris, he looked at every one of them face to face. If you understand his heart, dear lady, the heart of Jesus, when he looks at you, it melts your heart. If you don't understand his heart, it's a different reaction. He says, stretch out your hand now. Why would Jesus tell a man who is crippled, not just his hand, but it, a lot of scholars would say his whole arm. I've seen people that, that you've had, they've had strokes and half their body is, I mean, it's there, but they, they you know what I'm saying? They're just kind of, how cruel it would be when you have somebody that's, that, and you say, okay now, okay, stretch, stretch it out. If you don't understand his heart, sir, you'll misconstrue his actions. This is where I land the plane, because I'm 13 minutes over, over. How many of you give me just one more minute to finish the message? Give me, just raise your hand, just wait, put your hand up high for give me one more minute. No, right, put it up high so you could be guilty. <laughs> At least 100, so we got 100 more minutes, okay? Because. <laughs> you know what's so powerful about this? I don't know if this is all your family. Is this all your family here? All, all, the, all of them? Okay. How old are you? Okay, and 
How old are you with the nice 12? Okay, from that 12 year old, 12 year old, I want you, want you guys to stand right here. Just stand. Just, you, yeah, just stand. Okay, just stand. There's a reason for this. Your generation is the greatest generation to ever hit the planet. And this one, two, three, four, five. And the girl with the gray jacket on. Cool jacket, by the way. I like her fashion. It's cool. It's in. Oversized is in. Just want to show. Somebody says, "What's wrong?" Just tell them uh, you're old. We we know fashion. Fashion was fashion. Can can you can you can you all put your hand on your heart? You you close your eyes, both hands on your heart. Into corazón. That's Spanish for in your heart. That's all that I know. Stretch your hands out towards them because I just feel something for them personally, but for their generation. Jesus, I pray for this generation. Let not the spirit of religion grab them, but let them know the heart so they understand the actions of Jesus towards them. There's such a grace on them, God. They've been listening so intently, even created some adults. So breathe on them, Holy Spirit. One, two, three. Just like a wave of grace and love on them. In Jesus' name. Are you guys related to each other? These two at the end? No? Your friends? Who are you related to? Anybody here? You know? No one here? Can you both stand, please? Your friends? Okay, so can you hold hands? Because that's what girls do. <laughs> they always go to the restroom together. They hold hands. When they're happy, they cry. <laughs> no, just kidding. I don't know, but you're both incredible leaders and influencers. And um, I see you leading, and I just give you a word, lead boldly, lead strongly. God's hand is on you. God's favor is on you. God is for you, not against you. And God's going to, for you, you're just, God revealed the full potential that you have put in this young lady. I pray in the name of Jesus. Make things clear, Lord God, for her life, for her future. I lay my hands on both of you right now, and I just release the power of Jesus flowing all over you like a wave. One, two, three, just like a wave. Boom. Bam, bam, bam. And Jesus, what did you do? Jesus, stretch out your hand. And the Bible says when he stretched out his hand, it's not cruel. Why? Because God will only tell you to do something that he gives you the grace and the power to do. You got to quit looking at yourself. God, what you say? Okay, God, by faith, I'm going to do what you told me to do. Because when he tells you, he gives you the grace and the power. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says crazy stuff. Because the strength, watch me, is in the stretch. It's in the stretch. It's in the stretch. 
stretched. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say, come on somebody, I am strong. When you stretch, that's where you get the strength. Oh God, thank you. Let the poor say, I am weak. Oh, thank you God that I know there's weeping that are, that is at night, but joy comes. Come on somebody in the morning. There is strength when we stretch out toward heaven. There is strength when we stretch out to Jesus. There is strength when we stretch out to his word. There is strength when we stretch out. And the Bible says that he was made whole. And the religious leaders looked of how they might destroy him. Ah, God, thank you for today. God, thank you for what you're doing today. And Lord, I know you're going to move powerfully tonight, God. Let nobody, Lord God, stay home tonight. Lord, I just thank you right now, God, already. The Gold State Warriors are going to win, so we already know. So, Lord, thank you for coming to church tonight, God. I pray for my Steph Curry. Let him be on fire. Now, Lord, let me get back into the service. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you, you right now, I felt this so strong, stronger than the first one. You're in this place. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be bold. But, you know, I've been preaching to you, and as I as if you need to stretch out some area of your life. I'm not asking you what it is, but God is speaking to you. When I say three, you're not going to wait to see who stands up. You're not going to wait to see how many people stand up, but you know this is your moment. This is it. This is your time to get up again. You're on Pentecost Sunday. The power of the Holy Spirit is here. The strength of God is here. God's grace is here, and he's asking you to do what he's giving you the power to do because in the stretch there is strength. You know who you are when I say three, stand up all over this place. Ready, one. Are you ready, two? Come on, ready, one. And listen, God cannot heal what you don't reveal, but only you and God know why you're standing. Are you ready, one, two, and three? Shoot up all over this room right now. Shoot up all over this room. Shoot up all over this room. Shoot up all over this room right now. Shoot up all over this room right now. Shoot up over this room right now. If you're going to clap, don't give God a golf clap. Give him, give him a, a. Those of you that are standing, I want you to look at me, and I'm going to call Pastor up, and he can do whatever he wants to do. Tonight we start at 7. I'm going to preach a message I think is going to be, I think, very impacting, but then we're going to believe God for, come on, some healings, miracles, breakthroughs, incredible stuff. We're having, the prayer team will be coming up. Prayer team will be coming up to my left right afterwards if you want prayer tonight. It's, it's a young adult thing. No, it, it's everything tonight be here at seven o'clock. If I have to be here, you have to be here. Honestly, I love this church. I would come, I mean, I would come as often as I could because I just love these pastors. I love the founding pastors. I know they're family and I know I am biased, but I know they love me too. I got one yes from Kelly. I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back for you, Chris. I'm coming back for her. I'm just telling you that right now. But I want to pray if you're standing. Anybody else need to stand? Stretch out your hands towards heaven right now. Come on. There's, there's strength in the stretch. 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 Jesus, we're stretching our hands. Those, those of us that are standing, especially God, we're, we're, straight, we're stretching out towards heaven right now. We're stretching out towards heaven right now. We're stretching out, God. And I thank you for healing being released right now. I thank you strength is coming back again. I thank you, Lord God, people are being made whole again. I thank you, Lord God, they're not a victim of their past. They're not a victim, Lord God, any longer. I know it happened to them, but that is not who they are. And by the power of the precious Holy Spirit, there are changes taking place within the very psyche of their brain and their heart. I thank you right now, God. There's strength in that stretch towards heaven right now.
in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Last call, and then Pastor Chris, are you coming up? If you're in this place, you're not sure if you have said yes to Jesus. You're not sure that you're right with God. It could be one, it could be none. If that's you, say, you know what? I want to make sure I'm right with Jesus today. I want to be my Savior and my Lord. If that's you, when I say three, you're going to shoot your hand up towards heaven. Ready? One. Every eye open, every, uh, uh, you don't have to bow on this one. All heaven's watching. We must be watching. If one person raised their hand, all heaven rejoices. We rejoice. Ready? One, two, and three. Shoot your hand up high all over this place. High, 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 high. Raise it up high. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, right now, I turn and put my trust in Jesus Christ. I receive salvation, forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ. Say, Holy Spirit, come on in. I belong to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give all those people a big old hand clap right now. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.